comments are both not anti-Semitic and you, you didn't have a problem, I imagine, with the first comments. No, I mean, and I have a problem the apology with was her fine. as an anti-Semite. She said something, this is how anti-Semitic it was, apparently. She said something that Thomas Friedman, major supporter of Israel, has said. Thomas Friedman said an applause that Bibi Netanyahu received was paid for by the Israel lobby. There's nothing anti-Semitic in there. What is anti-Semitic, though, if you want to talk about anti-Semitic tropes and playing into those, is what Kevin McCarthy, who, along with Donald Trump, is going after Omar, what he said in a tweet that he deleted, Soros and Bloomberg and Steyer were buying the election. Now, that is an anti-Semitic trope that he definitely played okay. into. He deleted the tweet, okay, but he never so apologized. Schumer has said things that are very Islamophobic, for instance, and no one asked him to apologize. There's this double standard. But no pattern. You see no pattern oh, no, there is, among pattern some of these newer congresswomen out, speak out against who seem Israel, to equate money with equated Jews. with anti-Semitism. Chuck Schumer no. said that, that there's no peace in the Middle East because well, Palestinians uh, uh, Okay, so Katie. Of course, we say it's our land. The Torah says it, but they don't believe in the Torah. So that's the reason there is not peace. Hello, and welcome to State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. I'm Benjamin Klon. I'm Ross Fisher. Zachary Reinhardt. Joseph Hardy. Melina Brand. As we tape this, it is Friday, February 15th. Thank you for joining us this week. You can find us on Facebook at Michigan Progressive, and you can help support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Michigan Progressive. This show is listener supported. Unlike some podcasts, we're not out here selling you toothbrushes or mattresses. So your contribution to this project is greatly appreciated. Now, our top story this week is Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer's first state of the state address which she gave on Tuesday. In her address, she outlined a number of priorities and issues she wants to tackle, such as fixing Michigan's infrastructure, providing more funding for K-12 education, and increasing government transparency. Unfortunately for her, the state legislature is still controlled by her opposition, and so her speech focused on framing these issues not as Republican or Democratic issues, but as Michigan issues. In so many words, pleading with Republicans, please... Please don't fuck me over here and help me pass some legislation. Sounds about right. I'm sure that'll be successful. <laughs> because we all know Michigan Republicans have always operated in good faith. Yeah, well, and now that she phrased it the correct way, that they're just Michigan issues, I think that'll convince the Republicans to oh, yeah, uh-huh. go along with it, whatever she'd like them to do. So. Yeah. I like, like the folksy like name everyone's kids thing that she, she did in the oh, thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> we all have kids, right? Let's let's do some things for the kids, which, <clears throat> I mean, honestly, for these like state of the states or unions really it's just kind of like i mean nothing's really happening it's just i always find it interesting like uh who stands and who claps and for what like you know it's like uh there was one moment she's like oh we need to fight for infrastructure and our, our kids and schools and like the republicans are like oh do we do we clap and stand for this like it's some complicated issue right and like when she was talking about um how she expanded foia uh, a bunch of Democrats stood up and clapped and all the Republicans stayed seated. I was like, oh, classic. <laughs> she did get a full standing ovation from the entire chamber when she talked about lowering car insurance rates. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, yeah. hey, I'm down, though. Like, yeah. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. I mean, yes, but Please. is that the top issue? <laughs> <laughs> I will say that my favorite part is that she was trying to get this uh, social media movement going with hashtag FTDR. 
fix the damn roads. She was like, you all need to, you know, put pictures on Twitter and Instagram and do hashtag FTDR. Oh, and that, that god-awful joke she opened with uh, when she was talking about uh, people asking her to fix the damn weather. Like, Jesus Christ. We <laughs> <laughs> need to stop. <laughs> no one yeah. laughed and noticed she did not tell any more jokes after that. <laughs> At least she read the room. There was a moment where, like, another moment, she mentioned the uh, executive directive um, making it so where uh, employers can't ask the, the new, uh, you know, potential employees what their previous salary was, and that was to try to get rid of uh, discrimination and pay for women. And I was like, oh, the Democratic side stood up. And there was a couple on the Republican side. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then I looked closer, and I was like, oh. Republican women, how awkward is that to be, be like a Republican woman? Like, look around, and none of your colleagues are standing for you to get equal pay. Like, <laughs> yeah. But are you su- are you surprised as a Republican no, no. woman? I mean, if you are, you know, that's just that's just your fault. In my opinion. <laughs> so, <laughs> but as someone who did not watch the State of the State, because I, I I'm just not a fan of State of the State or State of the Unions, I find them sort of self masturbatory. Um, what are the highlights? You know, is there was there any any fireworks? Was there anything? The um, news was reporting that she was going to roll out this whole new um, community free community college for everyone, which ended up uh, just being like an expanded scholarship for mm-hmm. those who met the requirements and didn't like mention what the requirements were. And yeah, that's what I was wondering about. Like when when she said that, like she said all qualifying students or something like that. Like, yeah, qualified. There's always like an asterisk, you know. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like that's lawyer speak. You know, yeah. you always got to hedge because you don't you don't want to promise anything. Really, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> she did specify you need to have at least a B plus average or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that was for um. There's like a two year scholarship you can use at a four year oh, college, for the, yeah, and the you had to have a, like a B plus average. Yeah, I think um, I know on the issue of you know fixing these damn roads. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work if if the Republicans still cannot accept the fact that you need to find new sources of revenue for the roads, which seems like the leadership, uh, at least in the Senate, has now acknowledged that they need to find some new revenue, which is kind of amazing that they just came to this conclusion. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Friday, yeah. February 15th, 2019. Yeah. We need money to do things. <laughs> right yeah, now. yeah, the House still, I think, is a little even further behind. And so, you know, if... If if they aren't going to be able to you know find you know be able to raise taxes on anything or find any new, new sources, I, I just don't see them coming up with a real plan. I mean, if it took them this reason. long to figure out that they needed more money, how long is it going to take them to figure out that we need to get rid of the fucking flat tax? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, who knows? A long time, probably for some <laughs> of these people. <laughs> That's all I know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure a lot of them they know they just you know they're not gonna do it. Another one that I that um, I read about is there's, I think there'll be some clashes on this um, Medicaid work requirement that got passed this past summer. Um, that was one I think the worst pieces of legislation that the Republicans rammed through last year that you know requires um, individuals to work. 80 hours a month um, minimum in order to receive Medicaid. And Whitmer did note that she's, she obviously disagrees with this, is trying, is going to try to, trying to actually attack that um, provision. I don't know how she's going to do it exactly. I don't know what mechanism she has that, but she's. I mean, it seemed like there was some kind of attempt at a bipartisan approach with the fact that she mentioned, um, you know, like we need to uh, focus on, on work. 
and the people not um, losing coverage, which which to me seems like it's a bipart. Which I I just don't believe in the idea of tying work to somebody's health. Um, I believe healthcare is a right, so it's probably a massive mm-hmm. distinction between me and and Gretchen. Um, but I, I I think that there's going to be some capitulation. And it was interesting to see because basically what she's saying is like, I'm going to give in to you a little bit. And even in doing so, received no welcome from Republicans whatsoever. So I think it's just going to be continuously uh, her trying to reach across the aisle and them just not caring. I mean, that's what happened to Obama. And uh, mm-hmm. if there's any lesson to be learned from that, it's that like these people are not acting in good faith. Don't pretend that they are. Do you think she's going to have any, any luck in... Uh... 20 well, you know after the 2020 election um because apparently some districts may end up getting redrawn before then so do you think that has a chance of swinging the legislature to the democrats well, possibly the house i think the senate is definitely a bigger poll even mm-hmm. with the redistricting uh coming into place um but uh, even then I, I think there'll still be I mean, there'll be opposition to major progressive uh, policies, but you might actually get some funding for roads and and schools and such, so it could be a step in the right direction, at least. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to still be an uphill battle, um, even if the Dems got the majority. I think, um, for yeah, like you said, for progressive, anything really progressive, I think that they would still help with with some things like maybe finding some sources of revenue for infrastructure, but... If, if it doesn't have maybe you know a one or two seat majority, they're going to be trying to they're going to have to they're going to need every all the Dems to vote you know yes on things. They're not going to be able to convince the Republicans to vote for um, anything progressive, and a lot of these Democrats in the House are very very moderate, and so there's not like, quite a big enough of a, a progressive wing. I don't, I don't think at this point um, in the state legislature to really push the needle on some of this stuff. But I mean. We could that could change quickly. I mean, a couple election cycles, I could, I could, I could potentially get better. Yeah, and I think, I mean, uh, on the flip side, you know, there there is vast differences in, in social uh, awareness when it comes to Democrats and Republicans. Like the mention of Elliot Larson and in, in treating uh, LGBTQ people like human beings and giving them rights was like something that most people on the Republican side couldn't clap for and stand for, which is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. 2019 people. Well, on the plus side, we now have Dana Nessel as AG. It's not going to be enforcing any of that, that shit. So much. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, we just got to take our victories where we can get them. I guess. Um, I guess my question also is like, um, as far as strategy, you know, just you know, just for taking back, you know, I'm not sure which one would be easier to take back, House or Senate. House, House I think, would be yeah. definitely easy. But then um, <clears throat> on the flip side, also, I think it'll be easier for Gretchen to work with the Senate than it would be the House. Uh, why, why do you say that? I mean, if you, uh, I mean, that's just like the they're a little bit more moderate uh, in the Senate, um, and you can tell. I mean, you watch the state of the uh, state, and you can kind of tell in just the demeanor of um, the Senate leader and uh, compared to the House leader. The House leader is just completely against every single. I mean, she made a joke of it at the end. She's like, "I finally got you to stand up and smile," like, yeah. <laughs> and like everyone in the room laughed, even like the Senate. Uh, Majority leader, because it was true, it was just like completely against everything. Whereas the Senate uh, majority leader was talking with Gretchen Deering, and uh, he was actually talking a lot with Garland, too. So I think he's more open to working with the Democrats, uh, at least on some issues. Yeah, that seems to be the case that I've noticed that, that too, over the last, you know, five years or so. The, the, it seems like all bills that come out of the House um, are, 
usually more way more conservative than Senate bills. There's like some exceptions, but yeah, times the Senate will kind of moderate a little bit of what the House is trying to do in terms of like their sort of right wing ideas. They almost took over the Senate too. We were like what two seats short of having like equal something like that. We were close this year. Yeah, I think it's, it's 22 Republicans and 16 Democrats right now, but it was a supermajority prior to that for Republicans. So I think they made, I mean, the Dems made some good gains in the Senate. Um, and I don't think the Senate's not up, but I don't think again until 2022. I think it's only every four years every four the Senate's years, up. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to wait, um, wait on that. Oh, so it's not staggered. You know, we're not going to have any Senate seats coming up. I yeah, I don't believe so. Yeah, that's from my recollection. Um, yeah, the last two were in twenty eighteen and twenty fourteen were the last mm-hmm. two state Senate elections. I don't think there's any up in sixteen. So lots of hope for the future of Michigan politics. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get it done. We're gonna we're gonna get it done. That's right. Oh, I'd like to add that I loved watching Yusuf Rabi. Uh, during the state of the state because he was sitting right up in the front and he would just like sit there and disagreement sometimes <laughs> when the rest of the Dems were clapping. I was like, yes, stand up for us. <laughs> be, awesome. be that. Yeah, he, he sort of is definitely like our AOC. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. For sure. <laughs> so yeah. shout out to him for doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he uh, live broadcasts things from like the, the House floor sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, when they were um, when they were, preve- when they were uh, repealing the prevailing wage, he we did a live stream from from the house floor, talking shit about the Republicans trying to trying to do this. <laughs> He's pretty cool. Yeah. More of that, please. More of that. Yeah, please. that yeah. that's yeah. what I love about you know AOC is just she's you know when she first came in she talked she talked about the orientation that they all had to go to that was pretty much run by lobbyists. You know mm-hmm. she talks about what's going on in the day to day, which is just completely invisible. You know, so it's it's good to hear that. Yeah, at least someone that's like that because most of this stuff is just behind closed doors. So, you know, we just need sort of someone on the inside, just like you know, showing them and just dragging them. You know, at the very least, publicly shaming them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> please, please. Well, moving on to some bigger stories. Uh, in one of the dumbest outrage spectacles I've seen in a while, uh, Minnesotan Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, one of the first Muslim women ever elected to Congress. Uh, faced an onslaught of bullshit criticism after making comments on Twitter that many people condemned as anti-Semitic. Glenn Greenwald from The Intercept tweeted, GOP leader Kevin McCarthy threatens punishment for Elon Omar and Rashida Tlaib over their criticisms of Israel. It's stunning how much time U.S. political leaders spend defending a foreign nation, even if it means attacking free speech rights of Americans. To which Ilan Omar replied, it's all about the Benjamins, baby. In another tweet, uh, an opinion writer for The Forward said that they would love to know who, who she thinks is paying American politicians to be pro-Israel. To which Ilan Omar replied, APAC. Soon after, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and other Democratic officials threw her under the bus, also accusing her of anti-Semitism. Chelsea Clinton, too. I Chelsea know. Clinton, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, did you see, like, the, the interesting thing was, is, like, in her response to uh, uh, Elon Omar, she says, uh, we as Americans... Ooh, we as Americans, as if Elon Omar is not every yeah, bit of American as the rest of us. Exactly, it's just exactly. Like, such a double dog standard, whistles, yeah. yeah. Definitely a dog whistle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of my favorite... One of my favorite parts of this whole controversy was watching Chelsea Clinton get into a Twitter war um, over anti-Semitism with the host of a podcast called Come Town. (laughs) 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 Subsequently, his uh, his Twitter, it it was it was thought that his Twitter was uh, suspended because of it. 
Um, apparently, though, he just deactivated. That's great publicity, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Come City now. Um, I'm pretty sure they, <laughs> got, got a few more residents in there. <laughs> no, what, what, what would especially bother me about this is that this entire exercise is just so, trying to convince everyone that lobbyists don't use money for influence. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I thought that was the whole point of lobbying, and, like, she called it out, and everyone's like, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, like, mm-hmm. basically repeating uh, the mission statement of APAC is somehow anti-Semitic, maybe because it's coming from a Muslim woman, but that's just, I think that's what it comes down to here. I mean, basically mm-hmm. what she said was no different than what uh, Thomas Friedman, who's a huge supporter of Israel, by the way, um, has said in the New York Times, um, you know, when um, Benjamin Netanyahu came to America and he uh, talked in front of Congress, um, he wrote that uh, the only reason that he got the applause from the House was because of APAC. And this is Thomas Friedman. And you never heard calls of anti-Semitism. And, you know, that's obviously much more, like, um, dubious than what anything that Elon Omar said. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the link between money and you know political action is you know people have criticized the nra for giving you know candidates money that influences their views or other or other lobbying organizations that, you know but then when it comes to apac somehow that's different you know? right we're so, allowed to talk about the influence of like big pharma or like weapons contractors or you know like the nra we're allowed to talk about all these other groups influencing you know influencing our government but not uh not apac and mm-hmm. it's especially it's especially hilarious watching all these liberals who are just hysterical, losing their minds over Russia's apparent influence over our government. But you have to you have to swear fealty to Israel, uh, or else you know, mm-hmm. or else you hate Jewish people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess maybe the only um, maybe the only point um, that anybody uh, criticizing her has would would be. The Republican, um, for the Republican, uh, especially evangelicals, it's not just about the money. It's also about the fact that they want um, the Jewish people to be in their homeland so that, you know, when uh, when Jesus comes again and then they all are all, um, they all are, will go to hell. So that's that's, (laughs) that's literally what they believe. That's why they want them to be in Israel. Um, It's in the fine print. Just don't don't look at it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so... um, that's really the only other, you know, the money and that are the two, I think, main motivators for the support from American politicians. So, something else yeah. I also think that's especially vile is the, the erasure of all the pro Palestinian Jewish people, you know, not just in America, but all over the world, you know, like. Um, just last just last year, you know, around July, there was a um, a letter, you know, circulated by Jewish Voice for Peace, in which um, Jewish uh, organizations from all over the world signed on to a letter that pretty much um, just castigated, um, you know, the equation of of APAC with you know the Jewish people and um, the um, the the false equivalence of um, you know saying that criticizing APAC. Is you know critic is you know completely anti-Semitic, and if I can just read from a statement from um, you know R- Rebecca 
Volker Merson, um, the executive director of Jewish Voice for Peace, you know, she said, uh, we're enormously proud to stand with over 30 organizations worldwide to say no to this harmful definition of anti-Semitism and yes to human rights and the freedom to protest. And if you, um, you know, if you can look at the, you know, the letters easily found online, but some of the organizations that were on there was um, Boycott from Within, which is Israeli Citizens for BDS, uh, Coalition of Women for Peace, another Israel organization, uh, European Jews for a Just Peace, um, the International Jew Jewish Anti-Zionist Network, uh, the Jewish Socialist Group of the UK, Jewish Voice for Labor UK, Jewish Voice for Peace USA, on and on and on and on uh, from every single country. So um, that's... That's just another thing that you see the media poll where they claim to be, um, you know, pro-Jewish in these in these um, critiques. But what they really want to do is just erase every single Jewish person that doesn't follow the follow the you know the the script really. And APAC is all APAC is God, which you know if you just if you look online, that's definitely not the case. You know, there's many Jewish people that are pro-Palestine. So Benjamin Netanyahu is a right wing. Like mm -hmm. leader too, so I mean, there are, <clears throat> are several like liberal kind of folks who don't agree with them uh, on a number of issues. And I think it's almost more anti-Semitic to assume that APAC is the only, you know, everyone agrees with APAC and that all Jews think that that's a good, you know, that that's a good organization that represents them because it doesn't. I mean, mm -hmm. that's it. It's not. So I think yeah, we we have to make that differentiation. It's up to us to do it, really, because as you, as you can see, um, Pelosi, Schumer, um, is pretty much the entire Democratic establishment just immediately just like it was a full square strength policy on Omar, on, uh, on Representative Omar. And, you know, it was just, you know, it was, it was sad. To, it was sad to see because Pelosi is the very same person that when she asked if she supported Black Lives Matter, she said, well, I think all lives matter. So she, that's the stalwart for uh, for for anti racism. That's your leader, you know. That's your queen, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, have fun. You know, the, the first Somali American um, woman in Congress ever, yeah. ever. Mm, Apparently, nice. she's also the first racist in Congress. Did you, did you know that? Nancy Pelosi was also questioned uh, about whether they should uh, censor Steve King. Yeah. And she was tepid on that. Like, yeah. Not, uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> shouldn't we give people like a second? Like self-described white nationalist. Yeah. yeah. Self-described white nationalist. But, yeah. And then, I mean, Joe Manchin's said some super Islamophobic things mm -hmm. and silence from the Democratic leadership. So it's, it's mm -hmm. just like this idea that like, yeah, like you said, there's like woke. <laughs> like, yeah, no. it's not, it's like the response is not proportionate at all. No, you know, it's like Steve Steve King, the the fact that there hasn't been just a full court press against getting him out by the Democratic establishment. It's always just like, well, we'll work with him. You know, he's with like the buyer's constituents. No, he's a racist. Fuck that dude. All right, <laughs> like, and we're gonna you know we're gonna go at Omar. No, no, we're not. We're not gonna do that. I mean, between between you know Israel and between Keith, uh, Steve King, I think uh, the the connecting the connecting issue here is that uh, Pelosi is fine with you know ethno states. 
Uh, whatever, whatever that may take the form of. All lives matter. You gotta wonder if Palestinians fall underneath that category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if like any of the other, you know, Palestinian rights groups that, you know, try to try to influence Congress, you know, just for just to gain their own human rights, if they receive the same treatment, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, if, if you're listening to this podcast uh, and you know anything about technology, can you just go and make a bot that replaces Israel with Russia and Russia with Israel for like Pelosi and <laughs> Schumer and you know all these because we're gonna see like a weird pattern turn up where there's definitely a double standard really with <laughs> how we treat exactly just like you were saying Ben how we treat Israel you know influencing government how we treat Russia influencing government you know can can you imagine like a Russian lobbyist organization just you know this time just giving this you know millions of dollars you know state to state legislator to legislature and just... you mean the GOP yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean I'm sure I'm you sure know? American leaders would have, would be you know better with Russia be more you know not uh, I, I think that American leaders would be better with Russia if we were giving them money and weapons to kill brown people for us yeah and in fact you know they they were they were, Russia you know very you know anti LGBT and it was it was a time where the the Russophobia was a GOP thing the you know the, it was definitely a GOP thing uh you know back during the Obama era but now is the the dynamics completely you know switched really just to find a scapegoat but um you know I'm, I'm not sure what the, the solution is besides you know cons- consistently supporting the people that are consistent in their politics like yeah. Omar you know um. Like uh, you know, like AOC, the the, the freshman class are coming in because, you know, as it's we're gonna talk, fire. yeah, as we're gonna talk about, you know, later with uh, Elliot, Elliot Abrams, you mm-hmm. know, and the. <laughs> well, I, I think the I think the probably the silver lining, the best thing about this whole stupid thing is, um, it is like shining a light on the on on the Democratic leadership, on the Democrats' um, absolutely commitment to uh, Israeli oppression of Palestinians. Yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen something from uh, Chris Hayes, which Twitter Chris Hayes and and TV Chris Hayes are two different people, and I, I <laughs> it's so weird to me. But <laughs> yeah, <isn't it>? yeah. <laughs> I like to see an argument between those two. Can we get yeah, like can we get TV Hayes? Yeah, TV Hayes versus Twitter Hayes. Put my money on Twitter Hayes all day. But yeah, he was like, you know, the Democratic leadership. I think they're missing a huge shift on Palestine, and. And I think he's absolutely right. In addition to everything, yeah, seen the shift on everything, you know, (laughs) you know that's just that's a that's a big part of it. But yeah, they're missing the shift on everything, and yeah, and Twitter Hayes is absolutely correct. You know, (laughs) they're losing large swath of voters, and you know, just it's like that it's like that meme with the dog sitting in the burning house. You know, it's like everything's fine. Everything's fine, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, it's not fine. Well, um, Elon Omar uh, did make headlines a second time this week when, in a House Foreign Affairs Committee hearing, she questioned Elia Abrams, the United States' new special envoy to Venezuela. And boy, did she rake him over the fucking coals! Um, it was great. I mean, for, so for those who aren't familiar. Elliot Abrams is probably one of the most evil and despicable men on planet Earth. 
Uh, amongst other horrific acts, Elliot Abrams led the cover-up of the 1981 massacre in El Mazote, El Salvador, in which more than 800 people, including children as young as two, were brutally murdered by U.S.-backed death squads. So, getting to watch uh, Ilan Omar uh, just absolutely grill Abrams in public was incredibly satisfying to me. Like, just making this guy, like, squirm in discomfort, even just for a few minutes, was just delicious. Oh, so good. So good. I <clears throat> The ability of, like you said, these new freshman uh, congressmen to just dominate um, hearings, interviews, all of this is, they, they have, like, I'm so glad that 2018 happened because for 2017, it was like Trump, 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 yeah. Trump, Trump. And now it's like, we have like AOC and Rashida yeah. and Elon Omar taking the headlines. Exactly. That's value. And that's you know? oh, yeah. yeah the media, value. Controlling the media cycle of the narrative is definitely like a value that Democrats have really, really lost, you know. Yeah, um, Fox News is walking themselves in an AOC presidency. Real, real <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the have you seen the, the freeze frames of uh you know, it'll be on like Sean Hannity's show and it'll just like have all awesome things and he's like it's radical him, ideas. Yeah, radical ideas. <laughs> they they want uh, free co- they want pay for college and uh, and healthcare and uh, and clean water and uh, <laughs> crazy yeah. yeah yeah no I I think yeah yeah Representative Omar is uh, you know had a you know really big week in the headlines and I think she, I really respect you know everything she's done um, so far I think what well, AOC's kind of been you know, leading the charge on a lot of the domestic stuff. And it seemed this last week, you know, uh, Omar has been um, highlighting a lot of um, of, geopolitical stuff that the Democrats have been shying away from for years, like with these atrocities that the U.S. government has committed that, I mean, the Republicans don't have any problem with. And then the Democrats don't really like to talk about it much either. So I Mm -hmm. think um, that's really, I thought that was really important with Abrams. And then obviously with, um, with Apex too, I think, yeah, if she could be a leader on 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 some foreign policy stuff, that would be that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, putting her on the uh, foreign affairs committee. Uh, oh yeah, that was that was I was I was surprised by that one. That's for same. Sure. I was. So I was, same like, was, wow. was like, that's the one mm-hmm. thing you would like want if you're if you're Pelosi because Put a refugee. Yeah, uh, foreign affairs committee. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it kind of shows because she's like interviewing war criminals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the backlash she got after the hearing, I thought was really funny. Like, it's all, like Elliot Abrams and all of his all his friends and think tank buddies, like they were all just so butthurt that she had the audacity to tell him what he did. I'm just reading your your rap sheet, man. (laughs) That's legal. It's not. (laughs) I think my favorite part of this, and something else that I also think that brings value, is uh, when she says something to the effect of, you know, someone who's been, you know, already convicted twice and has already been in charge of all of these uh, war crimes. It's just amazing to me that people would still appear and trust you to put you in this position of power. And then she sort of paused for a little bit, and he was like, if I could respond, she's like, she was like, it's not a question. It wasn't a question. I'm, I'm going to keep talking. It wasn't, it wasn't a question. <laughs> thank, thank you for your participation. He just assumed that he had the right to talk. It's like, no, you don't. You uh, I think at that point, it definitely time. became unwilling participation. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely did not want to be there. Yeah. You, you can 
see him just trying to jump out of his skin, you know. And yeah. he, he he looks like a, a Captain Planet villain already. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. he's he, he's old and just bitter and like senile. And he, he you know you know I, I, I'm always reminded of a of a of a David Chappelle like a comedy bit from years ago. He's you know the quote is like you know as a, as a person who says nigga a lot. I know that nigga, and he says nigga a lot, and that's how I feel looking at Elliot Abrams. Right? <laughs> that, that nigga says nigga a lot. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> Is that allowed in the podcast? We will find out. <laughs> We're going to be getting a letter soon. I, I mean, ex- expletives are fine. We're just not allowed to make jokes about committing violence or endorsing violence yeah, right. against other people. Of course. No, no, no jokes about. Uh, bombing Nestle that I have to cut out of this week's episode. <laughs> no guillotining. No guillotining. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know that's 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 Elliot. So I mean, I was I I honestly, if I'm gonna be real, I did not even know Elliot Abrams' name until he was appointed. Uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. he was appointed too. to it. So then I went on last night, and uh, you know I had a I had a nice uh, whiskey club soda, and I just read his Wikipedia page, and I was horrified. Yeah, it's amazing what he's been allowed to do, and like the jobs he's been allowed to have, especially since. Uh, he was, especially since he pleaded guilty to withholding information from Congress, like two counts. But even after that, he still made it into the Bush, the Bush, W. Bush administration. Uh, I think that was a qualification. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you been convicted of at least two uh, war crimes? Oh, sorry, we're, we're looking for three. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you might get a call back. Yeah. We'll see. Worst case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, looking looking at your resume, it does show that you you have you have uh, violated human rights, you know, a sufficient amount of times to be to be to fall into the consideration here. <laughs> no, we're, we're joking, but I I swear that's, that's probably how it is. You know, they want they want someone who if you want someone who's worried, not afraid to go in and do yeah, the fucking dirty. Yeah, exa- exactly. So you I know, think that just keeps getting like worse and worse with each yeah. Republican administration too. <laughs> like, you know, Bush is bad, and Trump's like, oh yeah, all right, I see you. <laughs> Well, it was like a couple weeks ago on on uh, Chapo. They were talking about Elliot Abrams. Um, uh, where they were talking about Venezuela before he was even appointed. Uh, I think it was Matt Chrisman. He uh, he said as a joke, like, "Who are they going to get as the point man? Elliot Abrams." Like, because, like, this is, like, the most ridiculous. Because, like, because that would the... be ridiculous. Yeah, and then they just, they just did it. Yeah. Like, uh, like, who is the worst possible person that we can find for this position? Oh, yeah. That's who we have. Yeah. That's it. So I was, like, during, like, the, the State of the Union for, like, the... Um, uh, designated survivor uh like you know the person like if like an attack happens like at that moment the only person that would be alive to take the lead they picked rick perry <laughs> oh, no. yeah i was just like let's get through this yeah. i know we chose bad let's get through this uh, hey, 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 hey. Zach, Zach, Zach. he has glasses now oh he's, he's much smarter than he yeah. i wonder if he can remember the three agents yeah is he still secretary of energy yes Shit, well, that, that's one person that sort of disappeared from the news cycle it's like rick perry was like you know he was always in the news cycle during I think was it 2012 I think mm-hmm. primary yeah. and then he got this giant position appointment and he's been just completely completely absent alright yeah, to a department that, which he said that he wanted to eliminate when he was running for oh he might be chilling down in his ranch which has a very <laughs> yeah. precarious oh, name no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do I want you at home where you're murdering minorities, or do I want you in a position of power? Overseeing <laughs> nuclear weapons. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, f- the fact that he hasn't been mentioned in the news cycle, he's up to something. Like, we, need to, we need to do a dig or something. Because... I mean, all, all of Trump's appointments like, had yeah. their time in the spotlight like, like, uh, you know, when they were being appointed. I mean, we haven't heard anything. We haven't, well, we haven't heard that much from uh, Betsy DeVos as of recently, have we? Oh, except um, she, uh, she, uh, she's in a wheelchair she, or something. That's just, that's pretty I great. mean, oh no, oh no. <laughs> I feel so bad for her. It, it's it's sad that of all the people in Michigan, like she's like she's our representative. That's ours, you know. We have the Romneys and the DeVosses. That's why do we have to own like the worst people? I mean, yeah, fucking like Kid Rock. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kid Rock. <laughs> Ted yeah. Nugent, fucking Betsy yeah. DeVos. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's real. Somebody should have marched them into the Great Lakes a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> swim. Yeah. Swim. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just a day at the beach with my weights and chains. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like the boss. Uh, she wasn't it recently that she. Uh, she wanted to eliminate like civil rights protections for I think the LGBT and LGBT students. I think mm-hmm. I'm pretty, pretty sure that was her. You know, it's it, it it's a it's a shame all the all the things that um she's able to that she's able to accomplish um and all the things as an extension of Trump also. But I think that a lot of this um this past was twenty eighteen this past three years shows how powerful the executive branch is, you know, and it shows the power that the Democrats could have when they have the the White House and just don't use. Mm-hmm. You know? It's all about those appointments. Yeah, you know, they could use it for they could use it for the power of good, but you know, Obama would rather appoint a Republican to head the FBI and, and Comey, you know, <laughs> when that happened. So, you know, that's that's just uh it it really it really sh- all the all the appointments, um, it really shows, you know, the the power because Democrats are just unwilling to flex power. Because they're paid to not flex power, so but Republicans get the same positions, and all of a sudden they have so many more things they're able to do. So you know, we got to fight that too. That was really deep. <laughs> I think that's like the big difference between like uh, like twenty twenty candidates that uh, we can like truly trust on the issues is like you know it's easy to like say you're like for policy but like you know like uh, Bernie Sanders for instance is going to appoint people uh, in that administration that are going to actually take uh, these positions seriously and start to exactly. actually right the wrongs so of mm-hmm. not only this administration but administrations prior. Yeah, yeah. like he's not going to he's not going to be appointing fucking bankers to finance issues. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, he's gonna he's gonna punish the people that the bankers absolutely fear. Yeah. So and that will be amazing. Yeah. It would be. We'll see what happens though. Will be. Yeah. How do you um, just in just in your everyone's opinion? How do you um, all feel about? Because they're all reps, so of course they're up for ele- re-election. And uh, you know, just in it's so short. It's like twenty twenty. You know, AOC and Omar and Tlaib. You know, they are going to be up for uh, re-election. How do you feel about their the chances? Do you think that um, you know? Do, do do you see them being um, sort of? I don't know, spanked or punished by the Democratic, um, you know, as far as funding for campaigns or anything like that. I'm not sure about Omar, but AOC is going to be just fine. 
Yeah. Like when when it was leaked, apparently that uh, some senior Democrats were trying to figure out who they could get to primary her in 2020. Mm -hmm. Like once that came out, like just in a few days, she was able to raise like a hundred grand. (laughs) (laughs) Which is half of what she raised to win. Yeah. (laughs) She's going to be just fine. Yeah. (laughs) And her name recognition is, I mean. She's yeah. a national superstar. Yeah, she's yeah, she's uh, she's fine. I guess I was more worried about um, you know, because she has the national recognition. But yeah, it's. I think Elon Omar will um, do fairly well. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how Rashida uh, does, because um, I know that there was like a lot of complaints about you know that being like a heavily African American district and not having an African American representative mm-hmm. in Rashida. So I think um, and with the with the last. Uh, election um there were so many candidates in that race that the vote was divided uh quite substantially so i'm, I'm curious to see uh how that plays out but i mean incumbents do also get an advantage so. yeah of course yeah <clears throat> absolutely i don't know I'm, I'm feeling like you know encouraged but also you know um progress we can't lose any seats you can't you know we need to keep the people and gain more people you know i don't want to mm-hmm. you know i don't want to see um you know omar rashida you know um you know, be be primaried or ousted by, or even worse, ousted by Republicans. So, you know, when I when it comes, you know, primary um, primary season, you know, I'll be do- donating to probably all of them. But um, you know, AOC just because I think that she's fine. You know, <laughs> she's in New York too, and uh, you know, Rashida's in Michigan, and Omar's in Minnesota, and the Midwest. You know, can be brutal. You know, it could it could be every bit as racist as the South when you you know when you break it down. So I think they're they're really gonna need our help. You know, in the next coming year. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's unfortunate for them that you know they, like they just got sworn in, you know, this year, and they're still by and large trying to figure out what they're doing and you know how to how to get things done, and then within like another year, like they have to get back on the campaign trail and you know start fighting to keep their seat again. Yeah, that's what sucks about being a representative. Just period. You know, it's like you you spend most of your time campaigning. So, which is an, another, you know, just or like a, calling, calling donors. Yeah, calling know. donors. It's, you know. it's absurd how much time like Congress people have to dedicate to calling donors in order to raise money to keep their seat. It's sort of funny that you know a lot of these Congress people are against um, any type of um, reform of the system, Democratic and Republican, because you know they get money now, but. Do you really having fun just calling donors just every day, every day, locked in, you know, locked in your office, just like begging for money, begging for money, begging they for hate money? It. Yeah, <laughs> they hate it, but we hate it. It's all, hates it's it. all I know. It's all I know. <laughs> you know, the, the entire like um, business of a leftist is just trying to save people from themselves. Take the health care. Just take it. Just take the health care. Damn it. <laughs> Put a doctor. <laughs> it's like an ever progressing chain. You have like liberals like looking at Republicans. Why do they vote against their interests? And like leftists are looking at liberals. Why are you voting against your interests? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the, the the conservative thing is just like uh, no college for anyone. And then the liberal thing is like college, but if you work, blah 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 you do this 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 and this and then leftists is like no education is good like <laughs> i thought i thought this was i thought we had all, all this agreed at when we established k-12 that you know education's good for the economy in the long run all right whatever whatever <laughs> so was there anything else we wanted to cover related to the original topic 
Talk about how Amy, oh no, is that how Amy Klobuchar by threw a notebook at one of her staffers? Klobuchar? Who? Yeah, Klobuchar. Who? She threw one, a notebook at one of her staffers. Huh? You didn't hear about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, apparently, like, she, like, threw a notebook at one of her staffers. Like, uh, when they tried to leave her office and go gain employment somewhere else, she'd call their bosses and basically, like, get them to fire them. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, though. like, chasing them. I didn't like, hear about the notebook. Yeah. Oh, she, oh man. <laughs> I, I don't know much about Klobuchar, but I've heard that she's a straight-up crazy lady. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's, uh, she's very demanding in the workplace. Yeah, everyone's had a terrible boss, you know. Yeah. What if this terrible boss was president? <laughs> wait, wait, again. Again. <laughs> <laughs> you know? One of the few things I do know about Klobuchar is that she did vote in favor of the anti-BDS bill. Yeah, she was the only 2020 uh, presidential hopeful to do so, actually, mm-hmm. which is yeah. interesting. Against against free speech. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that first time. What state does she come from? Minnesota? Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, man. Same state as Elon Omar. That state's an enigma, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> it, really, it really is, like, uh, oh, the fact you can have Omar come from the same, you know, same state as, uh, you know, someone like Klobuchar, as far as, like, Democratic-wise. But Klobuchar, you know, in addition to all the... Um, you know, the workplace issues, call them that, issues. You know, she's just, uh, you know, she's not very progressive at all. You know, just in my opinion on most issues. Yeah, no, 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 not just Elon Omar, but it's weird that Klobuchar comes from the same same state that Prince does. <laughs> 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 oh, pour yeah. one out. Hold on. Let me get, let me get my beer pour one out. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Still too soon. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, honestly, with a lot, of, a lot of these people that are announcing... Um, most of them are probably going to run out of money by maybe the fourth or fifth, you know, primary, uh, <laughs> you know, prim- a primary caucus. So, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to Klobuchar, she's just like, um, who's, uh, who's in the last election, in the last primary, Lincoln Chafee, Lincoln Chafee. Like, like Chafee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one about the system. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Healthcare? No. Education? No. Metric system. Metric system. I'm like, I support that, but damn, dude, like priorities. Priorities. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you, but (laughs) so this race is going to be just a bunch of Lincoln Chafees, in my opinion. That's (laughs) that's how it's going to be. Well, Klobuchar is one. I think uh, another one might be probably Gillibrand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. John Delaney. He's been running since 2017, and nobody knows who he is still. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, uh, that's and, another person who I've heard of but do not care about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He released the debate requirements today. You basically got to poll at least 1% in three polls, uh, or you have to have 65,000 donors from uh, 20 states. Uh, 65,000 donors? Yep. Do you mean donations? Donors. Individual donors. Really? Oh. Yeah. 65,000 individual donors uh, from 20 states, 200 from each state. At well, least. is out. Uh, <laughs> Starbucks CEO, I mean. Yeah, he's, he's, he's <laughs> well, he's, he's, he's running as an independent, though. Oh, I thought I thought he was uh, going to be like the centrist Democrat. Uh, no, he's, he's independent? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's, he's planning on running as an, as an independent. Yeah, he's doing the uh, Bloomberg of 2016, basically. Uh, like, if more are burning it, so I will tank this and give us Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm a Big B fan. <laughs> For the record. <laughs> if you're not from Michigan, like, you know, you may not know Big B, but the coffee's better. Just, you know, 
there's so many reasons that I have Starbucks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I just found another one. <laughs> and their CEO is probably an asshole, but he's not running for president. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's but, true. Too. <laughs> at least, he or she did. As a centrist, independent, yeah, yeah, not not a billionaire, uh, a people of means, people of means, yeah. a person of person of wealth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That shit comes from somebody that says, uh, I don't see color. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't, see, I don't see color. Uh, people of means. Uh, I don't care if you're black, white, or purple. You know, it's all the same. I don't see wealth. <laughs> yeah, I don't see wealth. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite memes that I saw a couple of weeks ago uh, said, uh, Hi, I'm Howard Schultz, former CEO of Starbucks. I'm a self-made billionaire who made his fortune selling overpriced pumpkin spice bean water to teenage girls and committing global tax fraud. And today, I'd like to announce my candidacy for President of the United States as a centrist independent because I'm fucking delusional. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably getting a little shipments of more than coffee from Colombia. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Only a coked up billionaire would think, would think that, he's, that he's the move right now. We, we already got one of those in office, bro. <laughs> we don't need... Oh, we need, like... We, Oh, that's right. We we that wasn't the billionaire part. We needed a slightly, slightly, slightly more liberal billionaire. That's the solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the not as openly racist billionaire. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a big, big big chunk of the electorate. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of billionaires. Um, it was a pretty big story. Uh, I think it was last year that Amazon, or actually like the last couple of years that Amazon has been planning on uh, building two new headquarters, uh, yeah. one of which is in Virginia, and they're planning on building a second one in Queens, New York, um, under a plan that would give Amazon uh, about like $3 billion in uh, government kickbacks. And so once they announced uh, that they were going to be doing this, uh, it, it drew a lot of attention, a lot of criticism. Um, and finally, just yesterday, uh, they announced that they are pulling out of their plans for building a second headquarters in New York, citing um, uh, widespread opposition from local residents and politicians, um, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that was definitely cool. If I had a bottle of champagne right now, because it's, it's been a long fight. It's been, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 a, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's been a year's long fight. So, you know, it's a, that was a good glimmer of a, a good glimmer of good news. Um, but what I, what I loved about it was that, of course, you know, everyone was immediately crediting, oh my God, you know, uh, AFC, you know, you did great. I can't believe you did this and crediting her. And much in the Bernie way, she said, you know, it wasn't me. She said this on a Twitter. It wasn't me. You know, it was the movement. It was mm-hmm. activists. It was, about, it was because people got together, they organized, and uh, they fought back against this massive fucking corporation. Exactly. That's how I can tell when, like, someone is not really about ego. Um, because even people who are leftists, in, in order to get into, you have to have, little, like, a little bit of ego, you know? You know? But... With Bernie and a- uh, and AOC, you just you know you just see that it's not really about them because they could have easily taken some sort of credit for it, you know, and not have had much of a blowback at all. But the the reflex to immediately say no, 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 not me, uh, not me, us. You know, I think that's mm-hmm, one of the yeah. best you know slogans that we can sort of take out of this is that activist power works. You know, we helped. You know, like um, a lot of people are giving Trump credit for like defe- defeating the TPP. You know. It wasn't Trump. It was years and years of changing public opinion, you know, mm-hmm. with activists. You know, 
Um, and we just have to keep that that attitude going forward because we're we're pretty powerful. We just don't realize it yet. Yeah, the power well, of people. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that we can you know keep shifting in public opinion to, uh, in a way that. Stops believing this notion that we have to give big corporations, a, you know, a million tax breaks and beg yeah. them to come into cities and into the states and you know get basically you know just kowtow to whatever demands that they have yeah. instead of standing back up, you know, standing up against them and um, not just letting them you know walk all over all the workers and um, and the residents of of the communities they're trying to go into. Yeah. yeah, and like let alone New York is like a hub of multicultural, multi ethnicity things, and I'm afraid that if Amazon were to be there, it would just be like Seattle number two, like it's just gonna whitewash the whole place and gentrification. Like Amazon and Seattle had a chance to, you know, take care of some of the homeless problems in Seattle, which is like one of the, their biggest problem, and they said, nah, let's not do it. So now. Seattle has all these homeless people. They had this plan that Amazon was going to help out, and they just didn't do it. And so I was afraid that that was going to happen in New York. So I'm glad. But yeah, in the ultimate like hypocrisy, like the the land that they were going to build their factory on was pri- uh, pr- like prior to that, like was designated for affordable housing. So it's like <sighs> I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, affordable housing zones is the first on the uh, chopping block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the this. it's like the equivalent of like when you're like. Um, you know, trying to create a school budget. It's like music class, first to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Art <laughs> class, class. yeah, yeah. This <laughs> is affordable housing, first to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- we see them coming now, you know. So <laughs> I, I think that with every city, they may not be as successful as New York, but New York is, you know, used to, you know, they're they're heavily involved in you know activism you know just like mm-hmm. Chicago you know just like Detroit I think um, most of the most of the South so you know they're not gonna you know we're gonna see Amazon coming in that gives me hope because I'm I'm not sure which the second um, in line was I'm pretty sure it was near Virginia I want to say for Amazon they're, they're still planning on building their headquarters in Virginia yeah yeah uh, they yeah. were planning on building a second one in New York City which they just pulled out of mm-hmm. okay so they're they're still doing the one in Virginia and apparently they don't have plans to seek out another location. It was interesting to see uh, also Andrew Cuomo um, also gave a kickback to who actually did this, but it was in a very different way. He blamed local socialists. <laughs> He's like, huh? we would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for these local socialists. <laughs> uh, which I thought was great. Uh, Me too, because like, if, if you had nothing to do with uh, with it, it's like, okay, thanks for the credit, bro. Like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know I'm well, all powerful. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a great opportunity for the left, though. Is um you know this the being like you know New York uh, people who live in New York being successful at pushing out this giant corporation is just a testament to the power of um, you know left grassroots organizing because I think the the left has a pretty strong presence on the internet but we need to work on translating it into real on the ground work. We are the internet. Twitter wouldn't exist if yeah. it weren't <laughs> if it weren't for our for our content. You know we should be getting kickbacks for that because <laughs> <laughs> because the right can't meme. They can't. Oh, they can't. No, they can't. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> unless I like accidentally like create something. I don't know if you like seen like the AOC like yeah the best comment I've seen was like uh, some dude he uh, like headed up like a DSA chapter he's like oh perfect now I know exactly what to make for our next DSA party <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like the right they can meme but uh, it's mostly like in, in service yeah. of the left because uh, like they're yeah. so bad at it that we just take them like hey thanks for the dope content yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like uh, Che uh, AOC mashup that they did too yeah yeah the, the she got her up oh yeah 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 <laughs> Like I, when I saw that, when I saw that, if, if you haven't seen this, you know you have to absolutely look it up online. But um, this blat- it was blatantly she was caricature, it was racist caricature of AOC. But you know with all these labels, I saw what they were labeling, and I was like, you know what, a margarita that is an amazing freaking drink and I know I'm going to see that at a bar like you know <laughs> one day like I want to try that yeah you know so yeah unintentional hilarity that's, who, that's what we can count on does it taste like socialized medicine yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay so uh, one last story that I wanted to bring up and I didn't put this on the rundown for you guys to see because I didn't. I don't know how many of you guys saw this or not so I wanted to get some uh, genuine reactions in case you uh, hadn't heard about this. Um, uh, a, a host on uh, Fox and Friends just recently said on their show that uh, he hasn't washed his hands in 10 years. What the fuck? Yeah, I saw that. I saw <laughs> which, that. Which one? Uh, Pete Hegseth. I think he's on their weekend show. Um, I don't know. I don't watch that shit. But um, he said, he said, germs are not a real thing. I can't see them. Therefore, they're not real. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> like syphilis. Syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> he, he did, he he did try to play it off as a joke on Twitter, um, which I think was really, really funny. It's just, <laughs> like, dude, like, this is way too weird and specific of a thing for you to just make a random joke about. Like, you weren't joking. <laughs> exactly. No. What's, what's really messed up is uh, the fact that his, his previous job, you know, uh, Romain Lettuce Expector at I'm glad he bounced back and got a, got a hosting job now. It's that's always good to see. I just feel like our like society was going forward, and now we're going back. Like people aren't washing their hands; they're not getting <laughs> vaccinated. Yeah. Hey, but maybe they're gonna learn. To, or maybe they're gonna stop looking both ways before they cross the street, too. You know, or like they're, they're gonna unlearn, stop, drop, and roll. You know, there's <laughs> you know, <laughs> since we're going backwards. You know, take the, take the good with the bad. <laughs> It'll weed most of them. So yeah. <laughs> Oh man, no, I definitely, I definitely saw that, and like, I'm, I'm surprised because, like, if I were like with him on that TV show, I would, I would like move my cup away. <laughs> yeah, know? think about all the yeah. things he touched yeah. within that studio. Yeah. <laughs> the, the host sitting next to him, like, even she was just, she kind of like yeah. her body language, just kind of like, you know, yeah. like, oh shit, <laughs> I don't want to be sitting next yeah. to this guy like, anymore. Oh, like, oh my god, he touched the door handle, he touched the notebook, he touched the. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I've never seen this dude, but like. Think of the weird sexual acts he probably yeah. did, and now he's like touching everything. Like, he ate his food. He probably prepped food for somebody yeah. else, and they ate it. Uh, yeah. Oh man, you know that, that, that's why you don't go to the Fox News studio. That's another reason. Yeah. It's just a boy's <laughs> Don't wash their hands. Yeah. <laughs> the studio's lava. <laughs> don't touch anything. <laughs> Okay. Like, 
right. Well, uh, I think we're going to wrap, wrap up this episode here, but uh, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Once again, uh, you can find us at on Facebook at Michigan Progressive. And if you like what, what we're doing and you want to give us your money, uh, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Michigan Progressive. I'm Benjamin Klon. I'm Ross Fisher. Zachary Reinhardt. Joseph Hardy. Melina Brand. Thanks, guys. We'll see, uh, see you again uh, next week. Later. Bye. See you. Bye. See you.